You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover all sports for our new show, Locked On Today, which you should go rate, review, subscribe, all of those things. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find at Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. The Green Bay Packers' charmed run came to an end on Sunday afternoon. And it wasn't because they didn't have enough offensive weapons. And it wasn't because the defense couldn't stop the run. It wasn't because of really anything specifically. One thing you can pinpoint, this isn't like the NFC Championship game last year where they couldn't stop anything the 49ers were doing on the ground. No, the the Packers actually played pretty well on the ground. And defensively, they actually played a decent game in the second half, forcing three turnovers with three interceptions of Tom Brady. In the first half, this was 2011 all over again. Drops. Drops. Whether it was Devontae Adams dropping a would-be touchdown that that results in a field goal or Will Redmond dropping a would-be interception that turns into a touchdown or Equinemius St. Brown dropping the two-point conversion. In all, Green Bay cost themselves at least, at least 13 points with drops in a game that they lost by five points. The touchdown at the end of the first half was unthinkably bad. I mean, defensive back Twitter spent 20 minutes all of halftime trying to figure out what coverage Green Bay was playing and why. Why? And Matt LaFleur said after the game, they shouldn't have been in that coverage. If you had any questions about whether or not Mike Patton was going to be back, I don't think he's going to be. That reaction says it all. Green Bay had opportunities in the second half for as bad as the defense played in the first half. In the second half, they came through. They created the turnovers. Adrian Amos gets the interception. Jair Alexander came up with his two interceptions. And yet the Packers, on those second two picks, they go three and out, three and out, each with the chance to take the lead. Would they have won? I don't know. We don't know. Tom Brady gets the ball back with a chance to go win the game against this defense. We probably have seen this movie enough to know how that ends. And maybe that, above all else, is why Mike Patton is probably not going to be back. I was talking to America's guest, Jason Hershorn, all season about this. And it seemed like the only situation where Mike Patton would would be back was if they won the Super Bowl. Well, guess what? They didn't win the Super Bowl. And the reason this is so disheartening for a lot of fans the reason this is so disheartening for the players is they thought they were going to win. We thought they were going to win. This is not last year where the 49ers were clearly the better team. This is not 2014 even 
when the Seahawks had already dump trucked them once, had been the best team all season, and Green Bay went in and played well enough to win for most of the game, and they lose in heartbreaking fashion. Even in that game, you go, yeah, okay, but the Seahawks were better. We knew the Seahawks were better. No, the Packers outgained the Buccaneers in this game. They outpossessed them. They outfirst downed them, and they won the turnover battle, and they still lost. That's what makes this difficult. The Packers coming in, we thought were the better team. They were favored. They're at home, and they did theoretically enough to win, and yet they didn't win because in the second half, they couldn't get the stop at the end of the game. If that defensive pass interference call isn't made, the Packers get the ball back with a minute 48 and a timeout and a chance to go win the football game. That's for sure. But they also made the inexplicable decision to kick the field goal down eight on fourth and goal. Fourth and have to have it. And they kicked the field goal. Rodgers did not seem pleased with that decision. Here's how Matt LaFleur described his thought process and whether or not he thought it was a good decision. Yeah, anytime it doesn't work out, you always regret it, right? But uh, it was just uh, the circumstances of having three shots and coming away with no yards um, and knowing that you not only need the touchdown, but you'd need the two point. So the way I was looking at it was we essentially had four timeouts with the two minute warning and you know, we, we knew we needed to get a stop and I thought we were going to have a stop there at the end, but you know, they, we got called for, for the P P I. Um, and it didn't work out. So I think anytime something doesn't work out, do you regret it? Sure. But we're always going to be process driven here and the way our defense was battling, the way our defense was playing, we felt like it was the right decision to do. And, uh, it just didn't work out. This is brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. And you know that. I don't need to tell you that. It's not sparkling insight to say that because you're feeling it. You know what it's like to lose in these gut-wrenching ways in the playoffs. You've done it before. You've been in this situation before. You are unfortunately a veteran of heartbreak. And so are a lot of these players. So is Aaron Rodgers. David Bakhtiari, who wasn't able to uh, play in this game, and his presence was missed. Billy Turner and Rick Wagner did not play well. This was gut-wrenching. Here's what Aaron Rodgers said about the way that he feels about the ending of this season. You kind of hit on some of the realities and then it goes, how do you go on from here? How do you, how do you take the next step? Yeah, but that's a good question. I, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns going into this offseason now. And just, I'm going to have to take some time away for sure and, and clear my head and just kind of see what's going on with everything. But it's, uh, it's pretty tough right now, especially thinking about the guys that may or may not be here next year. There's always change. That's the only constant in this business. It's really tough to get to this point. Really, really tough. Especially with it only being one bye week in the playoffs. It's a grind just to get to this point. And that makes the finality of it all 
kind of hits you like a ton of bricks. That's why it's a gutting feeling in your stomach. Uh. And look, they they had a good plan coming in. They thought they were going to play well enough. They thought they were better. They thought they were going to win. They thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl. Adrian Amos said as much in the postgame. They thought they were going to the Super Bowl to the point that Matt LaFleur comes into his postgame press conference and says, we didn't think we would be here. We didn't think we would be in this position. He was genuinely near tears and at a loss for words. Here's what he said. Kind of at a loss for words right now. It's just hard to have a lot to say about something that you were not prepared for. Um, had a lot of confidence and in, in everything going into this game, and it hurts right now. I hurt for for everybody involved. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of effort to even get to this point throughout the course of the season. So many people, um, but mostly, you know, our players just being able to be resilient and deal with all the. COVID stuff and everything else that's going on in the world and for them to be able to focus and and bring great energy and effort each and every day and continue to get better, um, to buy into the team concept. That's not always easy to do. And that's a, that's a special locker room. I love those guys. I love everything they bring. Um, like I said, I just, I, I really hurt for, for those guys. To be able to battle back, being down 28-10 and have multiple opportunities to go win a, win a football game, nah, I think that's rare. I think that speaks to the character of that locker room, just how tough-minded these guys are. When bad things happen, they don't blink. They, they stick together. There was no finger-pointing going on. Uh, but this one does sting, and it's going to take a long time to get over this one. Now, I don't want to stoke the melodrama. And so I'm not going to, right? I'm just not going to do that. There, there were some questions. I know some of the beat writers, you know, got a little in their feelings about things. And Rogers was, he was wistful, right? He was wistful. And he was reflective. And he was mindful. And he was self-aware about what's going on. And he, he talked about his future, with this team and that he needed to reflect and he needed to think and a lot of that stuff. I don't think there is much question about who the quarterback in 2021 is going to be. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. And Matt LaFleur said as much after the game. He said, I sure as hell hope so. And I think that puts to rest any questions about, you know, are the Packers thinking Jordan Love is going to be the guy in 21? It would be absolutely insane, unprecedented for a team to go to the NFC Championship game, host the NFC Championship game with the league MVP, and we all expect Rodgers is going to be the league MVP, and then decide, yeah, you know what? We're going to play this rookie. We're going to play this guy who did not did not take a snap last year, wasn't even active for the games last year. He's going to be the guy in 2021. No one thinks that. No one thinks that. And and I don't, the Packers don't think that. And Rodgers is, you know, he's stoking the flames a little bit, which he's been doing all year. And he knows what he's saying. He knows that we're going to talk about it. And he knows that that he's going to be back too. He does. 
The Packers are not in a position to deal him. They're not going to deal him, and he is not going to select the nuclear option, which is the, I'm sick of doing this, trade me. Trade you to where? For whom? For what? It's just not happening. And so I'm, I'm, I've already said too much. We're not even going to spend more time than we have on it. It's over. That's not happening. We need to move on from this idea. On the other hand, the offense in the second half had the chance. They had chances. Those two chances after the interception to go three and out, three and out off picks. Unthinkable. This is the number one offense in football. Not even close to the number one offense. And they score 25 points because Aaron Jones, who was not very good in this game, had the drop, had the fumble, actually had two fumbles, but but Big Bob Tanyan recovered one of them. This could be his last game as a Packer. This could be his last game as a Green Bay Packer, and it was an inauspicious one. He gets hurt in the middle of the game. The Packers start to abandon the run game. That doesn't really bother me. I was surprised they decided to go to as much play action as they did, and by that I mean I was surprised at the lack of play action for most of the game, and yet they still had chances late in this football game to get a win. If that DPI call goes differently, and and that was not a call they were making all game, This game goes differently, but that's not how this works. That's not how this works. The Packers, for for all the, and I said, look, they they outgained them, they outpossessed them, all that stuff. If you just watched the game, Green Bay didn't play well enough. They didn't play well enough to win. And that is what Matt LaFleur, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, Aaron Rodgers, and all of the guys on this roster are going to have to stew over for the next six months. Today's episode is brought to you by Echelon. This has been a difficult time to stay in shape. It is tough to get outside, potentially. It's tough to get to your gym, for sure. Echelon is here to help because Echelon can help you get everything you need to do to be in shape at home because they have the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart treadmill. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's echelonfit.com slash locked on. It is worth talking a little bit extra about this defense. And I know they gave up 31 points. Seven of them come off the turnover deep in their own territory. Another seven come off an interception that should have been negated by a holding penalty and that also never should have happened because the Packers never should have been in single high robber man coverage at the end of the half. This is the thing, though. And by the way, I don't think Mike Penn is going to be back, and and I think the Packers would be smart to find a new defensive coordinator this offseason. I think they will 
whatever Barry Alvarez is paying Jim Leonard at the University of Wisconsin, Mark Murphy would be wise to double it. At the same time, on the first drive, the Packers go heavy man coverage on third down. And the Bucs beat it anyway. Third and longs, third and seven, third and nine. You know, it was it was third and long when Tom Brady hit Chris Godwin for 52 yards down the field. Darnell Savage outstretched fingertips. They were doing the thing that we've been asking them to do all season. Play more man coverage. Let your let your four rushers get home. Blitz a little bit. And yeah, the, the pressure, you know, the Darnell Savage blitz in the second half created an interception. And they were able to create some some stops. I mean, they got a third and long stop because Preston Smith got home on what was supposed to be a tunnel screen to Chris Godwin. There were times when it did work. Green Bay's approach was what we were asking for all season, and yet it burned them in some big spots. And one of the reasons it burned them is Chandon Sullivan and Kevin King were not up to the task. And Channon Sullivan has been on this show. We are big supporters of Channon Sullivan. After a good start to the year, he got exposed a little bit. His ability to redirect, to run, I think it is potentially not good enough consistently to be the slot corner on a championship level defense. Kevin King proved all season. The inconsistencies, I mean, he misplayed that Mike Evans touchdown on the first drive impossibly poorly. And it's not his fault, really, On at the end of the first half, that Scotty Miller touchdown. It's not his fault that he can't run with Scotty Miller, who's a 4-3-9 guy. That just can't be the call in that scenario. And maybe you say, okay, well, maybe you should play off a little bit more and, you know, whatever it is. No, he just, he's not good enough. That's the reality. And I don't I don't understand why you don't give Tremont Williams, who you elevated, a chance to go out there given the way that these guys played. I, it, this is your season on the line. I don't understand why Josh Jackson is a healthy scratch. And, you know, maybe, look, drink, I guess, if you're one of those people. I've been talking about Josh Jackson all year. I think he's better than Kevin King. I would rather see him out there than Kevin King because I don't think Kevin King is a long-term part of this team. He proved why on Sunday. Inconsistent player for all of the, the, the tools that he has. He's so inconsistent. Whether it's tackling, whether it's coverage, whatever it is. So inconsistent. I would rather see Josh Jackson out there getting the reps. You can only get better by playing. I don't want to get into these are all the options. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about what what the Packers can do if and when they move on from Mike Patton, though I would expect that decision to come this week. If they're going to make it, they're going to make this decision soon. So that they can go out and and find the right person to to helm this team moving forward. And I hope they don't go the retread route. I hope they don't just say, okay, well, this guy was a head coach, the Dan Quinn route. And there were a lot of people who thought, hey, Dan Quinn, come to Green Bay. No, no. What evidence do we have that he's a good defensive coach? What evidence do we have? In my opinion, not a lot. 
Last year, it was easy to say, oh, it's the defense, the run defense. They couldn't get stops. That's not what happened in this game. You can't, it, this is a, a lot like 2014 in that it's not just Dom Capers that, that bears the blame for this. It's not just Mike Patton. Matt LaFleur made the decision to kick the field goal rather than try and score a touchdown. And there were some play calls, and he said he did not have his best day as a play caller. I think that's true. But this is a team that in the NFC Championship last year did not come out with enough juice. He said it himself. In this game, they come out and they get on the first drive, they get steamrolled. They get steamrolled. A couple of third and longs, and that's not sustainable, except that they scored. And so, okay, sustainability is one thing, great, but they scored. They scored. The touchdown still counts, even if it came in an unsustainable kind of way. Both of the first two touchdowns came in that way. Well, Green Bay didn't match with touchdowns. They matched with a touchdown and a field goal. The reason this is so frustrating is that we don't head into the offseason going, well, just fix the defense. And everything will be better or just add a playmaker offensively. No, this was the best offense in the league this year. Easily the best offense. And we can't complain about the draft. We can't complain that the other guys didn't step up. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, four catches, a buck 15 and the 50-yard touchdown to, to match that first touchdown by Tampa Bay. Alan Lazard, three catches, 62 yards, some critical blocks on some Devontae Adams swing routes. And yeah, he had a drop at one point, but he was not the reason he, that him not being good enough, him not being Michael Pittman Jr. was not the reason this team lost. And and Robert Tunyon has a touchdown in, in a play where he is sitting down and, and feeding off of Devontae Adams. This is this is not because of, you know, oh, Jordan Love, whatever. No, the fact that, by the way, the fact that they had A.J. Dillon was a pretty big deal. And if they had had Josiah DeGuara in this game instead of Dominique Daphne, maybe the outcome is different. Maybe if they have DeGuara instead of Mercedes Lewis, the outcome is different. This is not a simple explanation. And that's what makes it frustrating because the team doesn't really have that many holes. The defense didn't play terrible. The defense played a bad first half and a really good second half. So overall, they get, what, a B minus, C plus? Because they were an F last year. And the offense, they had their chances, but they played inconsistent. They weren't able to run it consistently. Aaron Jones has a bad game. Your stars didn't come through. Devontae Adams had a drop in the end zone. Devontae Adams was the best receiver in football this year. He didn't come through. This happened last week. Drew Brees, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He didn't come through. Michael Thomas, one of the best receivers in the league, didn't come through. Alvin Kamara didn't come through. They lost. If your stars don't come through, you lose. And on defense, Jair Alexander did come through. Adrian Amos did come through. Darnell Savage, not quite, although one of his pressures did create a turnover. He played that Chris Godwin that deep shot pretty well, but was not able to come up with the turnover. Kenny Clark played well in this game. The, the run defense was excellent. They didn't lose because of the run defense. I know the Leonard Fournette touchdown, but that wasn't the reason they lost. 
The run defense was actually pretty good. They couldn't get pressure consistently on Tom Brady, but this offensive line for the Bucs is really, really good. And Tom Brady was getting the ball out quickly. There's only so much you can do in those situations. What makes this so frustrating is it's not just one thing. And as much as we said week six was the anomaly, a lot of the anomalous stuff happened again. Green Bay turned it over twice. Aaron Rodgers threw an interception. We said those things weren't going to happen or at least were unlikely to happen again. You know, the Bucs were able to pressure Aaron Rodgers. We thought their offensive line would play much better than they did the first time. And I would say they played better than they did the first time, but they didn't protect Rodgers well enough. They weren't able to open up enough lanes in the run game. They didn't stay patient enough with the play-action game. This was a failing that is on everyone. It's on the coaches. It's on the offense. It's on the defense. And it's on the front office. They didn't have enough to win. They didn't have guys who played well enough to win. And the guys who were out there didn't play well enough to win. And that's the reality. Sometimes you can have the best team. Green Bay has been in this position before. 2011, you can have the best team and lose. And that, to me, more than than 2014, is what makes this such a difficult pill to swallow because Green Bay, if they play their best and they didn't play anything close to their best, is better. But they didn't do that. They didn't go out and execute. They didn't give that chance to Aaron Rodgers, to Mercedes Lewis, to David Bakhtiari, who didn't play, to Tremont Williams, to guys like Zadarius and Preston Smith, who came here to try and win. They didn't put themselves in good enough positions to win a Super Bowl. And getting getting there twice is great. Getting there twice is great. But you have to wonder and worry about scar tissue. A team that feels like, man, we just can't get over this hump. You have to do your best at every turn to try and avoid that. And, you know, we said it last year. It's an inflection point for Matt LaFleur. This is his his biggest task to date. To get this team back to get their mindset right in an offseason where, you know, their their salary cap is going to be strapped and to get this team back in a position to win a Super Bowl next season. All right, before I finish up, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. You can still gamble on the Super Bowl. The Packers may not be in it, but you can still win money on it and there's still plenty else to bet on the NBA. Uh, Major League Baseball, hockey, all that good stuff. And there's only one place that has you covered. One place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar is also the reason that on Thursday we're going to talk to Jamal Williams. He will be here talking about this season for the Green Bay Packers. So many delicious flavors. We have started in my house using them like dessert. 
my wife will sneak half of them during the day and and after dinner she'll go you want to have the other half of my built bar because it's dessert it's incredible because they're covered in chocolate 100 chocolate and they're absolutely delicious it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar they're low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber so they are the guiltless dessert that you can feel good about. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on to get a 20% off bonus off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, I made the promise. I had to come through. I said, if the Packers lose, that I would let Matt from Georgia, the Buccaneers fan, call in and I would play his voicemail. So I have to I have to make good on that bet. Here is Matt from Georgia. Fire them cannons. How you doing, Peter? This is Matt from Morvin, Georgia, representing the Locked on Bucks podcast. I'm a man of my word. If you guys would have beat us, I'd have called in, and I would have sung your praises. But the fact of the matter is I was right, and we are feasting on Cannon, smoked, Gouda, cheese tonight, boys. But I got to give it up to y'all. I ain't got a fingernail left on my hands. I chewed them all off. Rogers played a good game, but our defense that everybody has looked down on stood up tonight, and they got the Rogers. They got the sacks. They got the turnovers. They did what they had to do, and I'm proud of them. But it was a hell of a game. And there ain't nothing for you fellas to be disappointed about. Your Packers, y'all played your guts out. Them Buccaneers, they played their guts out. And I enjoyed it. That's what the playoffs are supposed to be. Hats off to you and yours. Keep doing your thing on Locked On Packers. We're going to keep doing our thing on Locked On Bucks. Good game, boys. But I got to fire that mini cannon. Time to blow me some cheese away, boys. Go Bucks. Not much changes for us the rest of the week. We still have Expert Tuesday. Uh, Jason Hershorn, America's guest, is going to be here tomorrow. Zayu doing on Wednesday and Jamal Williams on Thursday. No live show on Friday, but we still will have um, a Friday show. Uh, it'll be our last Friday show for a while, I think. We're going to go to four days a week in the offseason. So no Friday shows coming up after this week. Um, unless there is breaking news or something else to talk about. So just be understanding and aware that that is what's happening. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, and we are going to be using these questions a lot this offseason, you can do that 920 341 3775 to stay locked on Packers.